Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO and PR, how you can unite these uh, different marketing techniques. But today you need to do it if you want to get SEO traffic. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Matt Bertram. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? I uh, I just had ACL surgery, so I had certainly a break in my calendar here. So this worked out well, but I'm held up, mm -hmm. bedridden right now. Um, third ACL surgery, so not fun, but uh, it's becoming more routine. So I, I appreciate uh, if you accept the background, a little, uh, you know, little bit of recovery. <laughs> yeah, you you have nice background, you know, very nice. <laughs> okay, before we start, just tell more about yourself, your experience, background, and why, uh, yeah, why you pay attention with PR and SEO. Yeah, no, so um, always always enjoyed marketing, always enjoyed sales, and and really like as we moved into this space, I really saw a merger a couple years ago of like personal branding and how people were you know, utilizing social media, social media to build businesses, um, to build personal reputations. I mean, like Justin Bieber, I mean, look at like digital media uh, and social media is so much part of like our culture today and it's going to continue to grow. And I really saw this merger between uh, personal branding and um, SEO. And, uh, you know, we started a podcast about 10 years ago um, as well before it was really in vogue. And it was really just a way to uh, capture all the ongoing changes uh, of SEO. It's really like a moving target. And so, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I wrote a book called Build Your Brand Mania and a few other books uh, after that that help uh, like C-levels build like thought leadership, help uh, entrepreneurs build businesses. Um, those kind of things um, I see become more and more important. Some of the recent changes in the Google algorithms has certainly affected uh, how people are interacting online from Web 2 to even like Web 3. And so it's just something you really have to stay uh, on top of uh, and really PR and like, like the story that's created online before someone gets to your website is so important. So when you talk about PR or digital PR, it's kind of like a bolt on on top of SEO, right? And and then it's like looking at off page and on page and and everything that that goes into that from link sculpting, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. yeah, nice, nice life your experience. You know, we have a huge audience from many different countries, international audience. Uh, guys, you can ask anything in the comment sections. Uh, uh, Matt will reply to all of them. I can help if I <laughs> know answers to these questions. So, uh, you know, I want to ask you about your podcast. Why you decided to uh, use this format 10 years ago? Because, you know, I discovered this format like five years ago. I love it. I consume a lot of audio uh, podcasts because, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, simple to uh, listen when you practicing, uh, training, exercising, walking with dogs, many other things. But 10 years ago, I didn't know that this format exists. Can you tell more uh, how you discovered and why you decided to jump on this format? Yeah, well, it was really a way to like dictate what was happening in the changes in SEO for our internal staff, right? Of like, here's what's going on. It's a lot easier to like talk about it than it is to write. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and you can turn information over quicker. So when we were like reading articles, we would 
comment on them. Hey, here's, here's what we're seeing. Here's actually what we're doing. Um, and here are some differences or things to add to what the articles are written. And that format was just so popular um, that we started to syndicate it out and share it. And then we started getting a lot of audience around it. And, and since that time, uh, that's called the Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing, bestseopodcast.com or whatever. And then I started doing a podcast for the Better Business Bureau uh, when COVID hit because they were trying to find a way to um, interact with people. And right now I'm the CMO for OGGN Network, which is a compilation of uh, 14 different oil and gas podcasts. I'm based here in Houston, Texas. And that long form content, like people want those um, one-liners, you know, to get the news or whatever, but a lot of people want to understand this stuff. And even a lot of the articles online, to be honest, when they limit how many articles you write, like I write for Forbes, an entrepreneur, whatever, they, you can't go into real depth, right? So you're getting kind of a top line indicator. And I think people are hungry for that knowledge. And that's why YouTube's the second biggest search engine. And it's just kind of evolved video you've seen over the last five, seven years. It's, it, it's certainly involved and it's the most viewed content there is. And then with a podcast, you can start to repurpose it. Like you can splinter the content uh, on different platforms. And so it just seems to be like one of the best mediums to get the word out or also explain complicated topics. And I believe there's a hunger for knowledge and explanation on things that you need to um, go into more depth than like one or two lines for people to take the next step or take action on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Uh, can you tell uh, the difference between PR and uh, link building, you know, because, uh, for example, I have a client, big client, uh, good budget, everything is fine, but your money, your life hit his website. Uh, and uh, when we check out com competitors, they have uh, some PR links, uh, mentions on uh, recognizable websites, forums, entrepreneur, many others. Uh, and yeah, we decided to start PR campaigns, but it's not the same with link building techniques. Uh, can you tell why it's important today? And uh, because uh, I see some questions on the chat, people asking, what is PR? Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So, you know, when you start off in SEO, at least for me, my definition of PR was like a press release, right? Uh, you run a press release, there's um, value associated with it. Um, today, it's if you syndicate a press release and somebody else posts it is where you get the credit. You don't actually get the credit from the actual syndication. But really, that's evolved into like, what, what was it? There was two updates last year, Google spam updates, right? And that was targeting um, techniques to create uh, unnatural links. And, and that hit uh, a lot of different kind of websites, a lot of, uh, you know, link building tactics. And so, you know, link building typically is like maybe like directory listings, NAP listings, um, maybe there's some competitor sites. It's it's fine. It, it's low. It's not low value stuff, but it's not super high value stuff either, right? Well, if you move up into like guest posting on higher DA sites, you know, it, it's just a um, bell curve. And mm -hmm. on the bell curve of link building, it's at the very top of it. Um, certainly, getting mentions and using Haro and stuff like that will get you links from high quality sites, but it also is about how you organize content and are those links and are those quotes going back to the pages 
um, that you have on your website, your blogs, are they driving people to the right areas? Is it um, websites that are in your niche that are talking about some of these things? Like in the past, you could build links from all over the world and Google wouldn't look at it. I, I believe now Google's looking at where those links are coming from, where that traffic's coming from, that referral traffic. And there's all these different factors that go into link building. And so I would say that's the backstory, I guess. But but the difference between PR and link building is PR is certainly top of the funnel, authority building, thought leadership, get, getting in the national conversation about a topic or something happening in the news where um, either your company's doing something or you're doing something of noteworthy. So for, for example, like if there's a big strategic partnership between you and a brand, or you bring on a spokesperson or you land a really big client, something that's like newsworthy um, is really important. And PR is about building that, that trust and authority, expertise, celebrity uh, in, in the public eye. So you can do that on a local level, you can do it on a national level, but hopefully that gives you um, a broad kind of understanding of, of where to treat it. I, I, I typically consider it like higher end link building or a bolt on to link building and they go together really, really nicely. I call SER, oh, SEO, SEO online link building, right? Like, or sorry, mm -hmm. I've on, on my paid meds, so <laughs> apologies, <for laughs> but, but essentially uh, online PR is SEO, right? And mm -hmm. PR is higher in link building. And then maybe you get into some traditional, um, like avenues as well, but hopefully mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, uh, about uh, do follow and no follow links because in most uh, uh, big publications like Forbes, uh, I don't know, Wikipedia, Wall Street Journal, we can get only no follow links. Is it, does it matter, you know, if we are talking about authoritative websites like this? I think it matters. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Google came out and said that they're not looking at do fall and no fall anymore. So even if you're like putting out um, on your site, no fall, it doesn't mean Google's not going to look at it and index it. And also mm -hmm. Google's starting to take a really uh, active um, role in delisting links and profiles and things that uh, blogs that they don't think are relevant. And like, if you go into search console, you can see that they'll start unindexing stuff. So if you're not doing your technicals right, you could go in there and say uh, you have, well, I don't know, 50 blogs or 70 blogs or something. And then maybe only four or five of them are even indexed in Google. And if they're not indexed in Google, they, it doesn't count. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, mentions, uh, unstructured nap listing links, Google's looking for this, all this uh, brand mentions. Um, they want people organically talking uh, about these sites and brands and things that you would do in the public world. You're now doing online. They've made up with Facebook. They're indexing a lot of other social media platforms. So, you know, getting your name out there and getting people talking about you is, is really quite important on the link building. I think you need a combination of both. Uh, I do think Google's looking at, it. I think Google's looking at also paid links differently. Um, I think Google's looking at paid syndication, um, not favorably. Um, so, so what, what Google wants you to do is what they've always wanted you to do to write high quality stuff that people are going to link to 
and then in your stuff, link to other high quality stuff and build this kind of bow tie strategy of things being linked to you and you linking to other things about that topic, um, whatever it is, uh, with other experts and other useful information. I mean, the internet was built off of white papers, like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so those, the algorithm has, has changed. It's evolved. There's a lot of different components of what's going on, but a fundamentally, um, the core goal is still the same is to provide high quality value for the user. And so mm -hmm. about that information being organized and it doesn't matter what type of links are they, as long as they're relevant, right? Like people mm -hmm. doing the like blog spot links and like, like it's all like, just look at it. Can you show like, if you're, if you're a client, you should ask, Hey, can I see the links that are being built? If you're building links for a client, you got to say, Hey, is this a deliverable I can show the client? And that tells you pretty quickly right there. If it's, you know, a high quality link or, or not. And, you know, certainly there's some, you know, uh, different ways to get to what you're trying to achieve and you have to balance, you have to balance all those things, but hopefully that gives you mm -hmm. a, a nice framework. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about, uh, creating high quality content, uh, that deserves links. Can you tell more about that? Because, you know, I, I often see when the masters uh, are creating content uh, that with the goal to get traffic, you know, SEO traffic, but linkable content is quite different. Yeah, it's more about earning links uh, because you have some uh, value and webmasters, uh, editors, I don't know, journalists uh, want to link to this content because you can share something new. Can you tell uh, how to create such content? Yeah, you know, and I can tell you, uh, if you paint it with a broad stroke, and I've seen a lot of studies online that people have done, and typically they say longer content typically ranks on the first page, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's been this trend from blogs from like 300 words to 500 to 750 to on and on and on and on. I actually think that that, again, is painting with a broad uh, brush. I think it's however many words it takes to explain whatever it is you're talking about. So I think putting in filler content, filler words, um, trying to do all that stuff is not, you're trying to reach a word count. You're not trying to effectively answer the question. And so I think whatever it is that that page is about and whatever that goal is about and whatever you're talking about, it's however many words it takes to answer that most effectively, certainly using mm -hmm on page tactics of, um, a proper H one, you know, proper H twos, um, how you're organizing the information using structured, uh, like bullet points and, um, structured lists and, and putting references and all the really best practices for on page are, are certainly important. And again, it's about organizing that information and that content in a way that is most useful and effective for whatever that person is that's searching for that particular term. And, and that high quality, like I read a lot of content online and it's really like, do even at some of these top publications. Okay. Are you like, is it really top level or is it really adding value? Right. And the longer mm -hmm. that someone spins on it or the actions they take after they look at it, Google's looking at all those things and it's looking at where those, you know, Google even looks at in, your like where your anchor is not just what your anchor is but other words on both sides of your anchor what words are those and where are they associated with how they roll into the bigger um paragraph and into the bigger story of what you're trying to do with your headers 
And the, the machine learning algorithm is getting better and better. I mean, if you look at paid ads uh, in particular, they're moving to complete uh, machine learning. Like they're phasing mm-hmm. out being able to have a lot of control of your ads and you're just giving them components of your ad and letting them do it. And so really then analytics gets really important on being able to tie that data back from your CRM uh, and from what's happening on your website back into that ad platform to give Google more data. And Facebook's doing the same thing. So again, machine learning is starting to become a bigger and bigger piece of what's happening. And it's looking for for patterns. And then again, Google's ultimate goal, right? Uh, don't be evil. I guess they took that one down. But, but what their ultimate goal is... Uh, organizing all the information in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's all about rankings of if you're, if you're, for whatever the search term is, are you answering that question most effectively? And I think a lot of the general seed terms have been written on, but longer tail key phrase, I think Google says 75% of all searches are new, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you write a piece of article about a particular search along the customer journey for your clients and tackle that specific uh, issue as best as possible and link to other resources to make that uh, decision uh, easy for them. That's how you're going to rank. So high quality content's about answering the question that Google asks and also being the best one to answer it in Google's inventory of index. Probably a lot of why these blogs uh, of people's are getting de-indexed is because someone's already written ton of people have already written a bunch of articles about it and those are better and Google doesn't need any more of those, right? So the amount of content that's being produced, I think Google's pruning um, high quality content versus, you know, low quality content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Yeah, nice, nice. Well explained. Uh, and, you know, uh, what do you think about creating content with AI tools today? Because, you know, uh, Google uses AI tools, machine learning. But uh, what about uh, webmasters? Can we use them? Because, you know, uh, it's um, uh, John Mueller replies that you don't need to use them because you can't get high quality content. For example, I, I usually use them. You know, I love them because I can uh, save my time. I can just, uh, no, it takes time to edit. But it's much faster than if you write from scratch. Uh, your opinion because you know you wrote articles on many recognizable <laughs> publications you think know much better than me yeah um i can tell you that when i write articles that are unique articles mm-hmm. it does not take long for someone to come in and rewrite that article with some like either like having a writer do it or having uh, a robot doing a rewrite and posting that article um the that it's a cat and mouse game for Google, right? Google tells you a lot of things that I've found to be like on some of their webmaster calls that are not accurate at the time, but they want it to be accurate or they want to try to guide you to do this or do that. So I do, um, I do think it's a balance. I do think it's a cat and mouse game, cat and mouse game, but I also think that original, well, Original content that is written by AIs as they get smarter, it may be more useful than what um, like a human can write because it can pull Mm -hmm. in more facts and data. And I think at a certain point, um, 
you know, humans are going to be useless. Like, no, I'm just kidding. But like, mm -hmm. I think that like the rise of robots is real. So I think mm -hmm. today, um, the AI technology, and I was actually looking at the other day, a lot of the different AI writers, I've tested some of them out. They're nice for like quick replies or like a little abstract or something like that. But writing high quality content um, and even painting, there are robots out there that can do that. I don't know that they're like in use in mass. Certainly they can help you write and you can clean up stuff. I think that AI is going to be incorporated into SEO. Um, there's no way around it. Um, AIs and automations getting integrated with the entire world. I think that Google, it's basically a race with their AIs versus other people's AIs. And whoever's got better code and more money typically will win. But I, I think it's going to be a kind of, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it, like it's going to be kind of like this. And like there was things that <laughs> I remember I was on one call and um, there was a, a tactic that that a lot of people were using uh, to generate links from actually Google. Um, so you get a link from Google from all these different domains and someone brought it up on a webmaster call with them and like literally on the call, I think it was John Mueller. He like types and he goes, Hmm, 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 Hmm. And then like a couple of weeks later, like that strategy, like it completely killed the strategy for anybody that was using it. Um, <laughs> and, and so like, you know, I think that based on your clients, if we're talking to mostly marketers, based on budgets, you got to figure out a way to get the best work done at the best cost. And, and you're going to have to make decisions on, um, a technical writer teach, you know, having a, a general writer or a generalist writer, write content, using AI content, writing content yourself. Um, I mean, it, it's certainly like, I think that comes down to personal decision. Um, sometimes also the AI tools are harder to use and some people are old school, right? Like, so, I think that yeah. question is best for you and how you work. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, you, you need to check out, guys. If you want to use them, just uh, analyze, review. Uh, there are a bunch of reviews. And, you know, uh, I remember when I uh, checked out two tools and uh, they didn't work for me. But when I needed to write a quick text, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, uh, I found uh, a few tools that work well for me, you know, uh, because uh, uh, for some uh, articles that I need to, to write myself, yeah, I, I do do it manually, but, but for the, I need to, yeah. Yeah, for the top no, tier I, publications, I would not use AI, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that would be, like, <laughs> I think you know that, but just saying, like, rule of thumb, um, I think that supporting content um, or even, um, you know, content that's tier two, tier three, like, it has a place, but just, you know, be careful with you how you use it. But really, if you can write a topic on something that's never been written about before or a different angle, like a different way, like if you look at what people are writing about a topic and you have something else to add to the conversation, either positive or negative or whatever, you can build on that story and add your own spin. And that's something that a robot cannot do. And that is where I think the value is going to get created. And that's where your rankings are going to come from. So it's kind of like, you know, when we've been talking about link building for a while and contents associated and connected to that link is all links are not created equal. All content's not created equal. And really one really good piece of content on one really good platform 
is worth hundreds, if not thousands of links other places, especially with these Google updates, if you're getting dampened or they're just blacklisting them all together, um, there's certainly things to consider. But if you spend your time focused on really focused on high quality links and high quality content, I think over the long term, you'll feel far better. You might feel less productive, but I think you'll fare and your clients will fare far better if you mm-hmm. um, focus on that strategy. And that's that's really kind of our our mentality. And, and when we're working for clients and what we're doing is we're really trying to build that customer journey, doing a lot of that research up front, and then building the right pieces of content that someone needs to find to walk them through their funnel to ultimately take whatever action they want them to take. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexandra Lizarova uh, is asking how it affects a fast growing industry. What do you think? <laughs> Um, fast, uh, affects our fast growing industry. Yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I think it, I think we kind of answered that, but AI is going to be a part of it. AI is going to be a part mm-hmm. of everything. Um, and SEOs a moving target and it's always going to constantly change, you know, voice SEO, um, came into the mix. Now you got the web three metaverse. I mean, it's, it's always gonna, uh, I mean, like LinkedIn right now is great. I mean, it's always going to change. You always got to stay on top of what's going on. And again, that goes back to our question of like podcasting. Podcasting for us was just a great way of, of staying current with what's going on. And then also uh, being a content generator versus just a content consumer forces you to think of what's next and what's going on to write something mm-hmm. that's never been written about before. And and that that's what really helps you stay. But yeah, I mean it's always going to change. It's always going to move. And like, how many times have people said SEO is dead? And then, you know, what is it like SEO? The king is dead. Long live the king kind of thing. And then <laughs> what is the other big one? I like the one that's like a uh, SEO is king, but distribution's queen, you know, like, so there's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand them because, you know, competition is fierce. It's huge. And if you can't compete with other websites, uh, and uh, for example, we have 1.8 billion websites. If you uh, type any keyword on Google, you, uh, Google lists a million results for any keywords, even long tail keywords. So yeah, uh, and they check out and think you, from million results, you need to take the uh, to be in the top 10, you know? Yeah, it's huge competition. And of course, I think it depends on the right strategy. Uh, by the way, can, can you tell more about how to create content strategy today? Uh, for example, if someone wanna jump uh, in a very competitive niche, uh, extremely competitive, uh, where Amazon, Walmart, many other brands, and uh, uh, but they start from scratch with limited resources. What advice for the, to them? Well, you know, you gotta remember these big bohemists, um, as a conglomerate, they have a lot of people, but they probably mm-hmm. don't have a lot of people competing specifically what you're competing for a specific niche in a specific area, generating content for that. Cause they have to cover so many different bases. So the reality is you're probably competing against a team. Your size could be bigger, could be a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. these, you know, these big companies don't have a ton of allocated resources for one particular thing. And they're certainly going after really uh, core keywords or seed keywords 
Um, a lot of times they use just a paid strategy because it's easier, right? They'll just buy it. And so using all the different, um, you know, using all the different uh, third-party listening tools to figure out what's going on and kind of triangulate where that opportunity is, you know, who's spending a lot of money on a keyword, how much volume is there, what's the domain authority, um, what are some long-tail key phrases you can go after. You can build a effective strategy because really the lower volume searches are where more conversions typically happen, right? And mm -hmm. the, high, the top of the funnel searches, you have to really focus on building uh, a well-optimized campaign that's not a leaky funnel, right? And so it's actually easier to start at the bottom and get those mm -hmm. high-quality conversions. And so when you're looking at competing, it's a lot about thinking through and planning how you're going to acquire that traffic. What is the traffic you absolutely want? And what are the few keywords you have to go after? So I'll give you a quick story. Um, so uh, a big, I'm in the Houston area, a big client uh, came to me. It was a big plumbing company that came to me and they actually came to me for an AdWords audit. Um, mm -hmm. And, and really uh, my background started in, in AdWords and it really helped me learn how Google wrote the algorithms, how they read it. There's also stuff you can read about the IP and, and it helps give you an idea of what's kind of try to happen. But even people at Google can't even give you, like they don't even know necessarily what the computer is doing because there's so many different um, variables and factors that's going on. So that's where they wrote out the EAT guidelines and the webmaster guidelines um, to, to quality, the quality control guidelines to help you understand that. But what I can tell you, um, when I was doing AdWords was, okay, so it's this big, this big plumbing company came to me and they say, Hey, we need help with our paid ads. And they're spending a ton on paid ads. And so I started looking at their stuff, but I was doing, it was a, it was a in-person kind of workshop audit where we were working through everything and they brought in their marketing team. And so we're looking at all this stuff and, you know, I, I can't, I came up that there was like 1900 searches for plumber Houston. Okay. Plumber Houston. And I said, y'all need to just really rank for plumber Houston. Um, your position eight. So being on the first page of Google is important, but also being in first position, you get about a third of all that traffic and then it kind of trails down for there. So, you, so really being in the first position and being on the first page are like two separate things. Really. We say top three positions is really like what you're attempting to do. You get double digit, uh, capture of like keyword searches. Um, but, but so basically I said, you need to just rank for Plumber Houston from an SEO standpoint, you're in position eight. And they were like, we know that. And I was like, well, then why aren't you doing that? <laughs> That's like where all your attention needs to be put on. And I showed him some examples of what they could do. And the owner was in the room and the owner said, what's that going to cost? And it's like, I was like, I, I don't know what it's going to cost. Like this first time I've seen your website, like this hard, he goes, no, what is it going to cost? And I said, I don't know. So I quoted him like three X what I would normally quote him. Right. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I said, look, this is what it's going to cost. And if I can't get you there, I'll give you your money back. That's mm -hmm. what I and I, I actually never really said that before in a meeting, but it was just how the conversation went. And so I structured this deal where basically every position I moved up in, in Google, um, I got like a, a, like I got paid the whole commission, but I would only have, I wouldn't have to give back the whole thing, like every keyword. Mm -hmm. 
So I divided it like by eight on like whatever the number was. And then I said, I'm going to do this in like, I think I said 120 days. And I think I did it in less, I did it in less for sure. Um, but, but we achieved that and like, like plumber Houston's a very competitive word. I don't know how many plumbers there are in the fourth biggest city in the United States. Um, and this company at the time wasn't that big of a company. Uh, but I was able to do it. Right. And there's a lot of companies that have a lot of money. I'm consulting for a big comp, a big plumbing company now that's going around buying other companies across the United States. So like mm-hmm. this little company in Houston, I put in first position in Google versus all the other stuff that's going out there. So I guess the moral of the story is like, you can compete with the big brands. You can compete with big companies because they're not solely focused on one thing. And they default a lot of times to ad spending because SEO is not as scalable. It's customized. It's bespoke. It's, it's not. And now today I will say that it's a lot easier with enterprise level clients to like actually get it like in the line items of cost. But before it was very hard to explain. You couldn't like prove out certain things. Um, But I do think the tide's changing, but also because it's a fast moving industry, it's like onto the next thing. Right. So it's like AI it's web three. And, um, but I think SEO and SEO on different platforms, however you define SEO, because SEO is certainly could be a lot of different broad terms is going to continue to be, I believe the cornerstone of digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've always, and, and I've seen that in every type of campaign from SMS to email to, um, you know, social media to, you know, whatever SEO typically if you can harvest demand, so generate demand, harvest demand. And, and that's what PR goes back to. PR is more demand generation maybe, but but also it plays into to demand harvesting. Um, demand harvesting is SEO. And that is ultimately, I think, the, the power and strength of digital marketing. And then you can use analytics and heat mapping and all those sort of things uh, to get additional data to figure out what is that content you create to capture and how people are interacting with that content once it gets there. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Love it. Uh, it. It's not popular technique, you know, to promise <laughs> that you can move from eight position to the first position because, yeah, it depends, you know, comp- competitors, uh, Google algorithms, but it's like competition with yourself. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, well, yeah, I mean, it's a zero sum game, right? So you just got to be better than everybody mm-hmm. else that's ahead of you. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and each, Keyword is a different competition. It's a different game. And whoever has better skills is going to get there. And again, that's where it comes down to, I think, quality versus quantity, because Mm -hmm. you've got to be really laser focused on what you're trying to achieve. This spray and pay mentality, um, I don't think is, is as effective, or at least I haven't found it to be. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And you know, when someone asked me how much cost uh seo uh, i usually reply them uh, i don't know how to measure uh, the cost to learn french or to lose weight or uh, to be champion in soccer team <laughs> no it's up to you it depends on you in the first stage you know webmasters wanna uh, get uh, or hire seo specialists who are magicians and can put their websites in the top uh, but you know uh, in the first stage it depends on webmasters if they can help you know with that because uh, if they don't work uh, with branding you know if they don't work with uh, creating high quality 
quality products. So m- many factors can impact. So, so yeah, one of the things you said I wanted to definitely touch on, um, like SEO being a black box, SEO being magician work. I think that a lot of that's going to go away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like over time, I think that's going to a lot of go away and where the industry I think is going is most companies are just going to understand the fundamentals of SEO and incorporate it into everything they do. So I think like, you know, 10 years from now, whatever SEO specialists, like everybody's going to know SEO, right? It's going to just be something that you know how to do. Um, and so I think a lot of those tactics, certainly it's going to be a cat and mouse game, but, but I, I, I don't think that that that's what's going to win over the long haul. It's like, understanding the fundamentals it's understanding how the algorithm operates and it's building things that are going to last um are certainly important you did mention one thing that i want to throw out there because i know you have a lot of international Mm -hmm. listeners um i am looking for like i'm doing a couple global uh seo projects for clients where we do marketing in all these different countries and um i am looking for a country manager in uh, mexico um we're we're doing a lot of stuff uh, in North America right now, I am looking for a country manager in Mexico and we have a client that, um, we've used some of like, right. We've used like a uh, Google translate to translate a bunch of articles in Spanish, but we got to clean those up. There's specific kind of geographical links and strategies that, um, we want to utilize. And so we are looking for someone that knows Spanish English. That's done a lot of, um, SEO in Mexico. So mm-hmm. if anybody's out there listening, um, hopefully you'll put my contact information here at the end and yeah. they can, uh, they can hit me up. Um, but yeah, I know. And I see a lot of questions coming in. So hopefully we'll save some time for that. Then mm-hmm. I, 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 but I totally enjoy talking to you and I think nice. hopefully other people are finding value in, in this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's reply to this question. By the way, guys, you can find uh, all uh, links uh, to Matt uh, in the description below. Uh, if you open uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, it doesn't matter which podcast you like more. Just open, you can find all these links and uh, you can find all these links uh, on my LinkedIn profile as well. Okay, uh, we have the question, which of page techniques help us to improve website ranking? You know, it's like broad question, but... <laughs> If you can reply, which, which off-page uh, rank techniques improve uh, website ranking? Um, I mean, all of them, right? <laughs> all of <laughs> them do. Um, and uh, going back to digital PR, um, I mean, Google's looking at a lot of things. They're looking at who who's posted content on their website and why are they linking back to you. What is the referral traffic that's coming from that? How long are they staying on your page? What actions are they taking? I mean, they're like it, it's all interconnected, right? Um, but when you talk about like tactics, you're mainly talking about off-page link building, right? And you're talking about that bell curve. Um, you know, there's different things you can do to spoof traffic and that sort of thing. But man, I've I've seen some of that stuff backfire. You know what I mean? And so it's really, I think about building relationships is really what it's about is building relationships and getting your information in the places that along the customer journey, people are going to find you. Um, Mm -hmm. And thinking through that and seeing what's out there. And, you know, I think old school, like 
link outreach still works, right? If it's very targeted, if it's not spray and pray, but it's like this article, this topic, this link is broken, um, or this topic doesn't really, or this tool doesn't really do this. Um, this tool that I use or I have is better for like, I mean, but you're not going to know all that stuff if you're, if you're not out there in the public. And if you're not engaging people, it's really the internet's uh, a national conversation, Twitter, national conversation where you can communicate with anybody. And so it's all about um, what information you're putting out there, um, who you're connecting with. Uh, and then what, and then like, you know, what, what kind of steps or actions you can take to increase that visibility to get that person to take action. So it's very hard to answer that, like this tactic, because even, um, a lot of tactics that are still just basic, non-shiny SEO that we did five or 10 years ago. It's funny with our podcast, everybody listens to like the newest one, you know, and we're talking, but a lot of these strategies still, still work. I mean, there's things that get added on to them, but fundamentally nothing's really changed. I mean, okay. So when Facebook live came out and you, you know, YouTube live and, it, uh, uh, LinkedIn live came out, it was all just like a new tool in the toolkit. Right. Um, and it's based on the strategy of how you want to implement that. I would just say to, to that person's question, uh, I do think right now people are focused on a lot of really fancy things and go back to the fundamentals make sure the fundamentals are there. Um, I had one site come to me that they're like, we can't figure out why you can't rank. And they had seven broken links on their homepage. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like four or four errors. Uh, and then like I did an audit of like just basic NAP listings and there was no NAP listings. Right. And they had hired and spent a bunch of money on, uh, you know, another SEO company. And, and I was like, let me just take a second look at everything. Let me look at the basics. And I'm like, let's grab this low hanging fruit first and then see where we're at. Cause it, you're building on it and you're building on, you're building on it. And what I will tell you too, is like, if you want to go get Haro links and all this sort of thing, if your website is not organized correctly with content, it's not converting, it's not good. Those links actually won't work. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's actually some, I don't know where the thresholds exactly are. We're still kind of testing some stuff out, but I can tell you certain things you have to hit a certain threshold and then they kind of kick on. So even really high quality PR links, if you don't have everything else, right, they're not going to work as effective. So you got to look at that campaign on its own. And that's again, why it's more bespoke and figure out what is missing because you need all the key components of the cake to, to make it work right. And Typically, if you follow the fundamentals, you'll 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 hit the ball a lot more, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Okay, we have the final question uh, about fakes. Uh, yeah, some links are fakes. How can we remove them? Um, this is a great question. I'll certainly put this out even to the audience. Um, there's a lot of spam happening. Like people are spamming uh, on Facebook, like you know, giving people five-star reviews and then putting spam to like contact them for some other stuff. Uh, people on LinkedIn, like are creating profiles that are associated with businesses that like they're not associated. I have some issues with that right now. People are like creating profiles that they don't like work for my company. Um, you know, and um, I think that like fakes is you can certainly, um, 
you can certainly like let Google know about it, like Facebook know about it. Uh, and they'll work through their issue and they'll pull it down. See, I got a, a cat here helping me recover. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. But, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Bank links are tough. Um, there's a, there's some negative SEO out there that that's happening. Um, you know, people are like doing all kinds of stuff with GNBs or saying businesses are shut down. I mean, it's just like a cat and mouse game. It's a, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a jungle out there. Uh, when it comes to that stuff, um, you know, it looks like uh, the second part of the question is they charge money to take them down. Like they're like, yeah, there's somebody that had a, a buddy of mine, a couple influencers have had their uh, profiles uh, copied completely. I mean, there's no real good answer to that. You can just follow the the best practices um, that the companies recommend to to take them down. You can try to contact who put them up and why they put them up and figure, figure it out. Uh, that's really going to be on a case by case basis. Um, you know, people, people are doing all kinds of stuff and, and Google's trying to be the referee. Um, if we're talking about, um, Google search engine, but, and YouTube and stuff, but it's tough, man. I, and if anybody's got great answers to some of that stuff, because sometimes we've had clients that we've, even have relationships in Google. So I've hired people like out of Google and, um, you know, it's just a jungle out there, man. And, uh, I don't know if there's any real good answers to that, but that's why I think Google's leaning a lot more on authorship and verification, um, with the eat guidelines of making sure who's saying what, and then also they're looking at, because anybody can create a profile or anybody can create a link. Um, does that person have a real online profile? What's their credibility when, when you're waiting, uh, those link efforts. And so, mm -hmm. um, that would be probably the last thing that I would touch on to, to add some additional value is, you know, your blogs need to have authors and your authors need to have profiles and your profiles need to link to other profiles and you need to connect those profiles together online. So the different platforms understand who you are. And when you say something, it actually means something. And I think that mm -hmm. that is a really good kind of full circle of, of um, PR and online PR and SEO is who's saying what online and is it the same person? And then what are they saying? Who are they connected to? It's all, what is it? A popularity contest almost, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, like people are voting for different stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, if you uh, have such fake links to uh, uh, for your website, you know, uh, if you have no manual actions, just skip that, skip it, forget it. You know, Google recommends many times, just uh, don't worry about, about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't worry a lot because uh, uh, Google can do a, a good job with that, you know, to uh, don't care a lot about these links. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think if you have many elections, yeah, then just uh, do something, disavow them. And <laughs> but if you have no, just no worries about that because in most cases Google uh, doesn't care about these links and can uh, recognize bad links, uh, fake links, and something like this. Google's just getting their algorithms getting way way better, at, like mm -hmm. all the time, and it's just you just gotta sometimes not worry about it and just wait, and then usually it will like correct itself even after some of these Google updates. I saw some crazy stuff happening um, and then, and then over time they self-corrected. Right. So 
I wouldn't. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. Just don't worry about it. So yeah. Thanks, Matt. It's a big pleasure to get you on my show to learn from you. You share a lot of value. You you love your your job. I can see you know because uh, of your uh, replying to questions. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, I think right now LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Matt Bertram, like my name, and then a live at the end of it. Um, you know, that's one thing that maybe uh, 15 years ago someone told me to do, and I didn't do is like buy your handle, buy your domain. I, I did just buy matthewbertram.com finally. Um, and then I'm going to uh, start putting <laughs> some stuff there. Uh, but, but LinkedIn, I'm, I'm on there, uh, quite a bit. Uh, ewrdigital.com is our agency, bestseopodcast.com's our podcast. Uh, I do a lot of other stuff. I have articles on search engine journal, um, Forbes entrepreneur. I mean, if you just search my name, I, I do, I'm, I'm pretty much out there. But if you want to get a hold of me, I think right now LinkedIn's probably the the best way to go. So, um, nice. and maybe mention ma mention your podcast or something, so it's not just like random spam. Like I get in a lot of uh, kind of spam spam messages there, or comment on something. Right, it's comment on a social media post or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I am on all the platforms. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big, big pleasure, you know, to learn from you. And uh, guys, see you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.